Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Advocates for immigrants in California are blasting the Trump administration for its decision to reject new applications for the DACA program, which allows undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children to stay in the country. The administration's decision comes in spite of a Supreme Court ruling last month striking down President Trump's attempt to end the program. KQED's immigration editor Tyke Hendricks reports. After the Supreme Court ruled in June, a lower court affirmed that the administration must accept new DACA applications. Yesterday, Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf said he would not, adding that DACA renewals will now be good for only one year instead of two. And he said he's considering a new effort to end the program altogether in a way that would satisfy the Supreme Court. Immigrant advocates say that could eventually mean deportation for the nearly 200,000 DACA recipients in California and tens of thousands of others who are eligible to apply. They say it's a new motivation to vote out Trump and push Congress to pass the DREAM Act. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. And there's yet another flashpoint between California and the Trump administration, this one involving the census. Last week, the president issued a memorandum ordering that undocumented residents not be counted when it comes to determining seats in Congress. California's Attorney General Javier Becerra and the cities of Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Oakland have responded yesterday with a lawsuit. They argue that counting everyone is a constitutional mandate and not including the undocumented could cost California seats seats in Congress. Here's Becerra speaking yesterday. It would deny California what it has a right to and has earned, and that is the full benefits under the law and under our Constitution. So uh, my simple message here to the president is obey the law. You're not above it. The census suit is the 92nd lawsuit filed by California against the Trump administration. According to a new study released this week, farm workers in the San Joaquin Valley are three times more likely to get COVID-19 than workers in other industries. Those farm laborers are also facing job losses. Valley Public Radio's Mari Bolaños reports. The COVID-19 farm workers study surveyed 900 people about their work conditions, health care access, and pay during the pandemic. Nayamin Martinez, executive director for the Central California Environmental Justice Network, says 43% of the farm workers surveyed reported not receiving face masks from their employers. We know that that was a recommendation, but that didn't happen. Uh, many of them were left on their own to acquire and procure the face masks. Martinez says when one farm worker asked her employer to enforce social distancing, she was no longer called back to work. 
And now farm workers in the valley are competing for work with people who lost their jobs in the service industry, Martinez says. Uh, Tulare County farm worker that I talked to told me, my crew was the normal size was before the pandemic was 30 to 40 people. During the pandemic, we were 100 or even more people working in the field. That means their hours were cut in half, Martinez says. And now many are struggling to meet basic needs and protect themselves from the virus. Advocates say the $52 million fund for farm workers is a step in the right direction to providing oversight, education, and financial assistance in the San Joaquin Valley. For the California Report in Fresno, I'm Madi Bolaños. Let's stay on the pandemic and workers in California's food supply chain. Food processing plants in Los Angeles County have been forced to shut down due to coronavirus outbreaks involving at least 40 workers at each location. KPCC's David Wagner has details. L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer says dozens of workers at three different food plants have come down with COVID-19. They include McDonald's supplier Golden State Foods, tortilla maker Mission Foods, and SNS Foods in Azusa. Employers are required by local health orders to report outbreaks involving three workers or more. But Ferrer says none of these companies did. Our inspectors have asked them to make uh, some modifications uh, to really uh, enhance their infection control protocols at all three sites. Ferrer says employers must have strict infection control practices in place, along with proper distancing between workers. So far, more than 3,100 cases have been reported in workplaces throughout L.A. County. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. Our partner station, KPCC, reached out to all three companies, but only Golden State Foods responded, saying many of its employees have already quarantined for two weeks and will soon return to work. State health officials announced this week that California will now require labs to include gender identity and sexual orientation, along with race and ethnicity data when reporting coronavirus test results. KQED's Peter Arcuni reports. Officials say tracking sexual orientation and gender identity can help health departments identify communities disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, a change LGBTQ groups have been asking for. California Health and Human Services Secretary, Dr. Mark Galley. Today begins that day when we will have that information and be able to tailor our interventions and our programs to close disparities. While the state already collects race and ethnicity data for COVID-19 patients, Galley says more than a third of cases reported don't include that information. The new rule, which also applies to HIV and other diseases, takes effect immediately. For the California Report, I'm Peter Arcuni. More than 900 inmates at the Fresno County Jail have tested positive for the coronavirus since last month. Right now, 445 of those are considered to be active cases. As KQED's Alex Hall reports, advocates question how well the county is getting a handle on the outbreak. The first cases at the Fresno Jail were detected in mid-June, when a group of inmates were transferred to Wasco State Prison near Bakersfield. Those inmates tested negative before leaving Fresno, but the prison found 13 of them were infected. Since then, the jail's case count has exploded. How can the numbers go from like less than 10 to over 100 to 200 to 500 over what feels like overnight? Liz Diaz is Fresno County's public defender. She says the sheriff's office has not been consistently transparent about the outbreak. If I don't ask the questions, 
the information is not necessarily forthcoming. Fresno Sheriff Margaret Mims says her office shares information weekly with the courts and lawyers. As to COVID in the jail, she says, fortunately, most inmates are asymptomatic. But the facility has a limited number of individual cells for isolating inmates. Some jails have the ability to isolate inmates and quarantine them before they're put into general population. We don't have that ability. Mim says the jail's been organized into color-coded quarantine pods, yellow for inmates who are symptomatic, orange if they've been exposed, and red if they've had a positive test. But the jail is constantly booking people and releasing them. Remember, this is a local jail. It's not like a state prison where people come and they stay for years. People come and they leave. Inmates are only tested if they show symptoms or have been exposed to someone who tested positive. But officials admit they are only doing widespread testing at two of the jail's three buildings. I fully anticipate that we will probably have additional cases. Fresno County's interim health officer, Dr. Ray Savora, says the county aims to test all inmates once a week. But right now, they lack the staff and supplies to do so. But even more important will be to make sure that we have good screening for symptoms and complications. And I think that, honestly, that's the more realistic goal at this point. Diaz says what concerns her is the safety of the inmates, but also of her staff, the public defenders who meet their clients in the jail and in court. It's a public health issue all the way around. Whether someone is incarcerated or someone is not, it affects the community as a whole. She says she'll continue to press for information as the outbreak evolves. For The California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. There isn't a community or person in California that hasn't been touched in some way by the pandemic. Here at the California Report, from time to time, we've been checking in on how the pandemic has affected people along L.A. County's Atlantic Avenue. It's a more than 20-mile-long thoroughfare that cuts through a variety of working-class communities with large Black, Latino, and immigrant populations. Today, we hear from Reginald Hall, who lives just a block off of Atlantic. I met Mr. Hall as he was preparing to do some grilling outside his front door. Well, before we start talking about serious stuff, I mean, tell me what you're doing right now. Oh, man, you know I got to get my barbecue on, man. My sister, rest in peace, man. Her birthday was Monday, um, so I'm so doing it right now for you. Know what I'm uh, to honor her? Yeah, to honor uh, her. Well, so, I'm sorry about that, uh, but it looks delicious. What kind of meat are you putting down? I got two slabs of ribs, and then I'm doing crab broil, and then I throw my other crabs on the grill, two smoked those. Well, I obviously got here too early. <laughs> <laughs> so... Tell me about how you think this pandemic is affecting businesses and people who live along if Atlantic. You can, if you see, if you walk down Atlantic, you can see that you'll see a lot of people walking down Atlantic. You don't even see that no more because everything closed. This stretch of Atlantic, a lot of African Americans, a lot of Latinos. Uh, do you think it, a lot of working people? Do yes. you think it particularly hits folks here harder than other places? I'm 42, bro, and I ain't never seen the unemployment rate. Even when, during the recession, it wasn't even this high. A lot of people don't even have a job at all because of this pandemic. And then the people that do work, they probably work two days of out of the week because they swiping on and off. Like, they have a lot of employees, or oh, I'm going to let this employee work this 16 hours this week. I'm going to have the other two come in. You know what I'm saying? They alternate employers so what are what are you doing to just keep yourself secure and body cook. and soul cook you cook i cook this is it for you this is what i do this is my retreat right here me and my grill that's all i need that's all i need me and my grill bro because it's too much going on right now especially in 
in the United States of America, not just in California, in the whole United States of America. Because it don't seem like it's slowing down no time soon. And all it's doing is getting worse and worse and worse. I ain't never seen as many people die over a plant, you know what I'm saying, over a disease that we don't have no control over. The United States always got control over something. And they can't control us. Do you know people yourself who've... Uh... Yeah, I just had a friend that died yesterday from COVID-19, man. So sorry. Yeah, it's crazy. That was Reginald Hall from L.A. County's Atlantic Avenue. And finally, for the first time in more than two centuries, a Native American tribe in the picturesque Big Sur area has land to call its own. Through a state grant, the Esalen tribe of Monterey County this week secured almost 1,200 acres of its traditional territory. KCRW's Matt Gillum has more on the land involved. Five miles inland from the rugged Big Sur coast, the Verdon property sits along the Little Sur River and offers access to steelhead trout, wide-open meadows, old-growth redwoods, and oak forest. The plot of land about 20 miles south of Monterey marks the first time in close to 250 years the Esalen tribe has owned a piece of the territory it's inhabited for roughly 8,000 years. With the coming of Spanish troops to the area and the Franciscans not far behind, the Esalen were almost entirely wiped out by the early 19th century. But a new chapter for the tribe, today numbering a little over 200 members, started this week. The Western Rivers Conservancy, along with the Esalen, applied for a state grant to secure the property. They received $4.5 million to buy the land and study it. The funds came from a 2018... Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.